0: So it looks like there's going to be enough signatures to have a successful recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. Man, I knew French Laundry is expensive, but who would have thought it would cost a governorship? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless.
1: Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American
2: history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. Oh, you'll regret this? And you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
0: Well, that's a banger. Shout out Dre Mike Dre on Twitter. Great follow for that joke. Absolutely crushed it. Uh, I was cracking up when I saw that one. But yeah, looks like Newsom's in, uh, in a tough spot right now. He's in a
3: tough spot. I'll tell you, it was not in a tough spot. The ruthless variety program,
0: right? The content's been really flowing lately. Like uh, liberal hack tournament, that just took off. Man, I, it's the it's the best time of year. I love it. I love the liberal
3: hack tournament. I mean, really, we've got great interviews. The variety program, huh? We even got some singing and some dancing and some entertainment.
1: <laughs> it's it's always nice to be able to record an episode like the Sunday show, where we can really put the variety in variety program
0: (laughs) yeah that was outstanding production work on that duncan shout out
3: and and like the little things are really what i appreciate most like the the sort of music underneath the selections yeah Yeah. it
0: was serious i mean we're, we're this is high level production values on this variety program i mean should
3: we talk for a minute because we got just a ton first of all thanks to everybody who joined us on clubhouse late friday night
0: yeah, we that was a tremendous time. success. Much appreciated. We
3: were trying something a little new uh, to see if we could do something live on Clubhouse, and it worked. It was fun. I hope everybody enjoyed it that got on. We'll try to do more of that in the future. But but then we last, we let the whole shebang out of the bag on Sunday, and it was
0: awesome. The response has been tremendous, uh, of course, from the minions, the enthusiastic response, and also from the journalists. And it's funny because it's a mixed bag when it comes to the journalists, you've got some who are angry, right, at whether they were included or being re- realizing that their entire industry has become full of so many hacks. But the funny thing, folks, is some secretly some journalists secretly reached out being like, hey, where can I send my bracket sheet? But, you know, it's not like I can tweet it out there. Folks at work <laughs> are going to notice this. And I think, Duncan, you, you, you solved that problem for them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would like to submit a filled out bracket. Uh, discreetly, you can email it to hello at ruthless And yeah, we've already had some come into the uh to the email account. And like, look, you know, you would hope that everyone could take this in stride and just laugh it off. You know, we we like to have fun here on the program, but there's there's some journalists who who don't have a sense of humor about these things. And I understand, If you look, if you're a journalist and you're worried that uh, if you fill one of these brackets out and you post on Twitter, you're going to end up in the New York Times slack with a woke mob <laughs> attacking you and getting you canceled, just go ahead and email it to us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
3: And I don't have a lot of sensitivity right now, I'll be honest. Maybe it's just because it's you know early in the week or whatever. But look, the, the people who are on this by and large, not everybody. But the real top seeders here, the contenders, yeah, are people who spent the last year lying. Mm-hmm. They spent the last year creating news that didn't exist, putting words into other people's mouths, questioning motives. Uh, every possible thing that you could do to undermine what actual journalism is about are what these people did on a day in and day out basis. So if they're feeling a little, a little rough about this, go
0: fuck yourself. That was, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, the greatest source of disinformation in the 2020 election campaign was a media that circled the wagons and did things like no one is allowed to report on Hunter Biden during the closing weeks of the election, where they got the New York Post banned from Twitter, where the New York Post account was locked for breaking news that we now know was all factual and correct and that Hunter is under investigation by the feds. Yeah. So we're going to call you liberal hacks if you took part in that kind of stuff happening because you're a liberal hack. And I fully anticipate that we're going to have
3: record turnout in this mm-hmm. one.
0: And that's what it comes down to, folks. It's going to be turnout. Duncan, what's the official schedule for like the first, uh, the playing game voting and yeah, winner no, ballots
1: and such, Dubai? Just to give everyone a sense of the run of program here, we're going to have a deadline for turning in brackets uh, Wednesday at noon Eastern you can uh, submit your bracket either by tweeting it using the hashtag um, HackMadness or you can email it to that email account, hello at ruthlesspodcast.com. Voting for the first two play-in games will begin on uh, on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then voting for the first round begins Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern.
3: And the voting is going to be fast and furious. Those are open for like 24 hours, right?
0: Yep, I'm going to tweet out uh, the matchups. They're set to vote on Twitter. It's going to be a Twitter poll. You have 24 hours, and it's like I said, it's going to be fast and furious.
1: And look, there's there's going to be a lot of really fantastic matchups here in the first round. I think I think all of us should basically give our matchup to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, the thing is, is I, I, I don't want to taint the voting by saying who my picks are. Um, I'll, I'll name a couple of contenders. Who you got, Holmes?
3: Well, yeah, it's funny. I'm struggling with this too because I've got, I have a couple that I really have my eye on, and mm-hmm. I, but I don't, I don't want to swing anything.
1: Well, look, but, I, 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 I can go first with with what I think is the is the clear and obvious powerhouse matchup. Okay, in, let's in go round one. That. Aaron Rupar against Molly Jongfast.
0: No question. Yeah, that is a tough, matchup. I think it
1: is a tough, tough matchup. I anticipate the voting to be close on that one. I will be watching it very closely.
3: So so mine is going to be Oliver Darcy against Tim Miller. I think that is going to be an absolute slugfest. Tim, ordinarily, I think you would say that Oliver Darcy tucked in behind the potato, as we say, would have a, a clear pathway.
0: But Tim, I mean, if you follow this guy on Twitter, he's the worst. Well, Tim is a huntsman guy, you know, he's a, he's a John huntsman guy. Everyone should know that from the beginning, he's a huntsman guy. It yes. Is,
1: it is. It's an interesting test here of the community really because you got Oliver Darcy um you know who's probably more well known in in the sort of cable news you know world you have Tim Miller who's you know a never trumper who's more known you know in the very online world so 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 it's it's an interesting you know look peek into into who gets it's like smug says it all comes down to turnout it
0: is and you know so if i had to look at one matchup that I would watch it's coming from the establishment bracket out of Georgetown. That would be uh number eight, Jonah Goldberg versus number nine, Jonathan ah, Carl. Watch they never, that matchup. Never folks. lets
1: up on Jonah.
0: <laughs> That's so. a matchup to watch folks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh boy. Let me just,
3: <laughs> I think in the same bracket, I, I, this is a good test to see who's just sort of reacts to the news and controversy of people or, or if there are people who are voting based on like an in-depth reading. Because if you follow journalism closely and political journalism closely, Tim Alberta would make some serious moves in that establishment bracket. I just don't know if enough people associate yeah. what he does every day with like fear of – you know, his first round matchup, Chuck Todd.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's also a thing is like uh, I've been discussing earlier is if I feel like there are some paper tigers out there, like, uh, you know, folks who have a big, well-known name, but don't exactly have the actual hack body of work that some of these folks flying under the radar, like Sam Stein at 11 seed. Wow. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a value pick right there. Uh, some of but these got to go through fly through under the radar. Schmidt. He's got to go tough, through
3: Steve Schmidt,
0: tough matchups, man. These are tough matchups. Like there is so much, there's a lot of talent in, the, in, in, these teams. There's a lot of liberal hacks out there. I, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't say that uh, this is not like a set, you know, someone's going to steam roll through here. Who knows who gets hot? When like, uh, you know, Folks, if Chris Cuomo is a two that, seed, that's what I'm bracket, saying. That's going to tell you there's a there's, there's a lot of liberal hack talent out there. That's what I'm saying.
3: I think he is undervalued at a two. I think if you look at the the other number twos, right, Acosta, Saliza, Max
0: Boot, no <laughs> question,
3: Cuomo is the is the toughest. Yeah, two. I mean, no when,
0: it's really something. Like you think about a matchup, maximum boot is one of the kings of of of, of like takes constant perennial king of the hill challenger yeah but still i mean cuomo the guy was hiding his brother essentially just like killing the elderly with the giant q-tip on air that's that's kind of
3: you look at all the potential matchups who's taken out cuomo you know it. i don't see it It, it, it's gonna come down to like doubt or crystal or you know somebody on the top part of that is that i think based on this conversation it seems to me that the establishment bracket is the most interesting in terms of anything is is possible yeah well, and, and, and
1: and one thing here you know when we put out the bracket um there was some criticism as is in, inevitable um you know who's missing who's in who's underseated, who's over and and what I, what we've tried to remind folks is look these games aren't played on paper you know exactly it all comes down to the voting yeah, and and that's the important thing to remember. Seeds don't mean anything. No, they don't.
3: They don't. The seeds don't mean anything. I, I we didn't even talk about this before we started recording. But I'm interested if if you guys, in the aftermath of the selection committee, put producing these names, if there's anyone that you think, just kind of got robbed this year. They, they're yeah, good question. First, uh, I've got one personally that I thought about yesterday it was Dana Milbank. I felt like mm. felt like Dana Milbank had a good body of work in 2020, and and perhaps deserved a 16 seed. He'll have to try again next year. Well,
0: I you know when I was going back and looking at the bracket while I was filling out my bracket sheet, I was I thought there was one individual out there who really somehow we just overlooked, who's just consistently been pushing left wing talking points, made a big name for themselves. And that's Ben Shapiro. Like it's oh, the committee really overlooked it. It's not hard. He's a small guy,
1: not hard to overlook. Oh man, that's brutal. Brutal. And, and one, one point, one point of clarification, this wouldn't of course apply to, to Ben, but there were some people who are also like, where's near a You guys talk about near a tandem. Oh yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta understand you have to qualify for this. You have to be media adjacent and, yep. or, 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 an actual journalist paid by a media yes. organization paid by a media a organization so yeah. she wouldn't really really qualify
3: right it's not just pure
1: activists i mean right. we're talking
3: about activists who happen to be paid by journalism companies but yeah. i
1: understand the confusion because the line is clearly very blurred there is bingo. Yeah, no
3: real difference bingo there is no real
1: difference well
3: look this is a lot of excitement you have it all we're going to be into this for a month so we're very excited we're very happy that everybody's along for the ride but we also have some premium
0: content we need to get into here today. Really important stuff, too. Very important stuff. And I want everyone to get, you know, pay extra special attention. Sometimes when I listen to my podcast, and I'm like chilling and hanging out. It's like background noise. This is the standard attention and listen to this segment because I think. Uh, I don't think the media, I don't even think Fox, I don't think any conservative outlet has been giving the amount of attention to this that it deserves.
3: Nobody has, you're going to hear it on Ruthless, as we promise you, we will always find the really important stories first. And I guarantee you that people will start covering it now after we have brought this up. But what is happening in the House of Representatives right now, as it pertains to a congressional seat, Iowa's second district, is nothing short of cataclysmic in terms of its raw political hypocrisy. Uh, and, and so what's happening is a Congresswoman, Miller-Meeks, a Republican who was elected uh, last fall in a very, very close election, was ultimately certified, has now fallen victim to Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats. And, and remember, this is the same crew that said that you can't question election results, right, that there is no such thing as voter fraud, that that certifications are the only thing that matter, that we just have to accept results and move on. They are using the House of Representatives now to unilaterally attempt to undo the election results in Iowa because it was a close race and reinstall a Democrat in the place of a certified
0: Republican. I am not making this up. This is, folks, pay attention to this. It's unbelievable. This is essentially just like grand theft in broad daylight that's going on right now.
3: It's it's incredible that this is I I can't believe that we're like chances are 90% of you are sitting here listening to this hearing it for the first time. Correct. That this is that this is just happening. It it this everyone in the world should be paying attention to what's happening because they are straight up trying to steal this.
0: So what what they're trying to overturn a certified election that is an absolute fact that's not beyond debate that's not being argued they are trying to overturn a certified election
1: the republican won the vote then she won the recount then she was certified the winner and now the democrats who say that they won't even work with a republican who question the certification of the presidential election are now fully supporting Nancy Pelosi trying to overturn a certified election.
0: And you're not hearing about it on the news because they know if people heard about this, they'd be pissed off. The Democrats would look like hypocrites. There's 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 National Guard around the Capitol right now, you know, to protect democracy that they tell us. But inside the Capitol right now, Nancy Pelosi is trying to steal an election.
3: So credit where credit's due, uh, our 15th seed in the liberal activist bracket, George Stephanopoulos asked Nancy Pelosi about this on this week. Here's what she had to say. I want to ask you about the controversy bringer on Iowa's second congressional district. The GOP Congresswoman Marjorie Miller Weeks won a razor close election, six votes. The votes were counted, recounted, certified by the state. But the House Administration Committee began a process this week that could lead to unseating the congresswoman. Yes, yes. That has Republicans accusing you of hypocrisy, including Jim Jordan. He put out this tweet, Speaker Pelosi says she's open unseating Republican Congresswoman Miller weeks Translation, you're only allowed to object to an election if you're a Democrat. Why investigate an election that was certified by the state?
0: Well, it was six votes. It was six votes. And our candidate, Rita Hart, uh, the Democratic candidate, asked for this process to begin. What the committee did, the House Administration Committee, uh, was very narrow to take the process to the next step and see where it goes from there. An election of six votes out of 400,000 votes cast. This is not unique. This has happened maybe even when you were uh, in the Capitol uh, before uh, when races had been closed one side or the other saying. Let's let's take it to the House because even Justice Scalia agreed that the House has the authority to seat members and therefore we can count the votes.
3: I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe this lady is still Speaker of the House. It, I mean,
0: yeah.
3: it, it's the damn dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, even Justice Scalia agreed that the House, yeah, no, it's in the Constitution. You don't need to fucking agree with that part. That's not the point.
0: That's not the, the point.
3: The point is that you are taking a vote that has been certified certified by the state of iowa that there is a winner and the state of iowa has sent a congressperson to represent them under a certified election they are saying that because the house has the power to seat or not seat they're going to choose to not seat for no other reason other than the fact that the democratic candidate lost right this is the same crew i mean, I mean did i get hit on the fucking head This is the same crew that three months ago you couldn't even examine a state law.
1: Our argument was always that this should be settled in the courts. That you settle debates on the outcomes of elections in court. That's where it's supposed to be adjudicated. But the Democrat here, read a heart, under the advice and representation of Mark Elias, Democratic super lawyer in all of these situations. Uh I passed that appeal process through the courts and goes to Nancy Pelosi and says, will you overturn my election? Unbelievable. Incredible. The, the,
3: this is, I think what makes me so mad is that I, I was in the position and many of us were in the position of looking at contesting an electoral college vote as, as, Although, you know, our partisan preference clearly was President Trump and we had a lot of questions about the election, we inherently knew that it was wrong, that it was a, it was a bad idea, right? At least from my perspective, I thought it was. And everyone in the media said, it's a horrible, life. how in the world, it's anti, it might be the end of the country. It might be the end of democracy as we know it, if you challenge election results that have been certified by states. That was what we were told by every, by literally everyone.
0: And I really think that's why the media isn't talking about this, because they would be ashamed at the blatant hypocrisy. This is I mean, hey, they said democracy dies in darkness and they're trying to make sure no one hears about this situation. It's
3: what is happening quite literally is, by the way, the congresswoman is doing her job. She's she's like, I think I think she was down at the border doing her job. Right. And and their what their their focus is to try to take her seat away, disenfranchise the people of Iowa's second district in the name of another Democratic seat. Don't you think for a second that they give a shit about the sanctity of the vote, about people voting, about any sort of franchisement of the American people? They don't care. They, they don't, don't care. They, they don't, don't care.
1: care. No, 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 no. What they want is they want the power to invalidate elections held at the state level. They want to federalize our election system, which is why they now want to pass HR1. It's it's literally a
3: perfect segue because what they are doing in every one of these scenarios flips around like a pinball depending upon what side of it they're on, right? They have more votes in a presidential election, so it's all about the sanctity of the states that are, are certifying these elections and the federal government can't touch that, right? Until you get a member of Congress who has won and their state certified it. Well, now Washington has, a, has an obligation to do this. And, and so we'll, we'll, what HR1 is, which by the way, before I get into that, how about the fact that their number one priority, HR1, the first bill introduced by a unified democratic government is all about trying to conceal and, and congeal power for themselves. It yeah. has everything to do with changing the elect, election law to make it impossible for Republicans to compete. It has nothing to do with
0: healthcare, education, COVID relief, anything else, election law. And that's the thing is so, as is typical now, they're going to say, if you don't agree with this, you're racist. This is a, a, a Jim Crow, uh, you know, Republican attack on democracy, trying to disenfranchise voters. Folks, this is essentially every shady thing you heard happened during the COVID election of like ballot curing, ballot harvesting, all this. Now they want to nationalize it. Your state right now, elections are managed at the state level. Nope. They want to federalize it to make sure that these folks like Nancy Pelosi can can make sure that they have a hand in it. That's, that's
3: exactly what it is. And What makes it so infuriating, and I, one of the, I mean, this is the reason why Duncan and I were so fired up in the post-election discussion about the Johnny-come-latelys who all of a sudden had a problem with election law, while some of us have been on the front lines fighting this for like 10 years, Uh is because what happened in 2020 at the state level has been attempted by House and Senate Democrats for decades. And there's only a few of us who've been around long enough to see it. And there's only a couple members who actually understand enough to know why it's such a bad idea. And to be honest with you, like nobody in the previous administration truly fundamentally understood why it was so harmful until it became existential, until it became impossible for you to win in states like Pennsylvania that just sort of unilaterally change ballot requirements for when you can submit absentees and all those kinds of things. But what HR1 is, is a codification of every single one of those things, whether it being throwing out of voter ID, ballot harvesting, uh, uh, the same day registration. Yeah. It takes away like just an enormous amount of, of safeguards that states have put into place.
0: Like all that weird stuff, folks, specifically, Josh just outlined, like no voter ID, no no ID required. They want that coast to coast. Yeah.
3: It, it permanently expands mail-in voting, legalizes ballot harvesting. You disregard all voter ID laws. But then it does, it does other, like unbelievably unconstitutional things, which assuredly will be thrown out after they try to steal another election by the Supreme Court, but- like this is my favorite one. They use taxpayer dollars, taxpayer dollars to fund candidates at the federal level with a six to one match for contributions that come in under 200 bucks.
0: So I can offer a little bit of expertise in this uh, scenario. So New York City Ah, uh, the campaign finance board there. They have a similar program of uh where the st- the, the city, the taxpayers in the city, uh, if a candidate hits certain benchmarks, a certain number, like for a city council race, let's say for example, if you can raise uh, x amount of dollars, it's something small, like if you can raise a thousand dollars, and you can raise uh, it from fifty individuals within your city council district. Then for every dollar you raise going forward, the city of New York will put six dollars into your campaign account. And I don't need to tell you folks, there are always wackos who will run, you know, uh, get just 50 of their friends to donate. Then they'll get this the city of New York to give them six dollars for for uh you know every dollar that they raise among their friends. And they just they like. I mean, gosh, the stories you hear about the stuff that some of these wacko city council can't do, they'll just throw like endless parties on the taxpayer dime because it's like, hey, we only
1: have to pay for a sixth of it. Well, Holmes, Holmes, you did the math. Yeah. You did the math in the Kentucky Senate race because there is some sort of like state level formula that goes into this.
3: Yeah, so without going into the complications of the formula and how they draw this up, they do have a cap at some point. But that cap, just to give you an example, would have cost taxpayer. I just can't believe it. Taxpayers would have had to pay Mitch McConnell and Amy McGrath fifteen million dollars apiece last year. It's absurd. For the for the pleasure of watching a twenty point blowout in which two hundred million dollars was already spent.
0: It's insane. It's I mean, insane. It's,
3: it's it's nuts. It's this is unbelievable liberal policy. That is on the precipice of being enacted. And like, guys, this is all Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema holding the filibuster away from this all becoming reality. It's this isn't some far flung deal. They say that what their priority is number one, HR1, one, it's to steal elections. That's what we intend to do. We want to get rid of the filibuster. Why? What's the important part of getting rid of the filibuster? Because we want to make Washington, D.C. a state and give us two more Senate seats. Bingo. This has nothing to do with improving the lives of the American people. It has everything to do with insulating this progressive, liberal view of the world, making sure you win elections. And so then you can never have another say again if you're a conservative. That's it. That's our priority.
1: Look, we we, we had an election in a pandemic, and I understand it was just sort of a different year. But we had like two thirds of America, for the first time, navigate the early vote, absentee vote by mail world for the first time. And that was an education process that the states went through, the Secretary of states went through to explain to people how to vote like that. 7% around there Americans you know don't have a photo ID to take to the polls you're telling me we can convince two-thirds of America to vote by mail or early but we can't figure out a way to tell those seven percent of Americans hey you're gonna need a photo ID to vote it's just
3: I it's mean, absurd the lie it's yeah. a,
1: it's it's just fucking absurd but the, yeah they want to get rid of that and they're gonna legalize ballot harvesting and all of this stuff which I, I don't understand. How this they wanna, by the way, they also want to make the FEC a partisan Democratic majority. Right.
3: So right. just in case you're a Republican and you win, then they can investigate it.
1: I can't think of an easier Jesus. way to further erode Americans' trust in their election process than to pass this bill.
3: I can't either. But here's here's the thing that the takeaway for everybody who's listening. If you know of anyone who doesn't have a strong negative opinion about this, that's your fault. That's your fault. You need you need to talk about this. We're going to talk about it on the program every day.
0: Yeah, this is and I'm not even kidding. This is such a dangerous attack on on not just democracy. This is an attack on free speech. This is an attack on being able to have a conservative viewpoint in this country. You know, many people, many experts had discussed of how, you know, during the covid election, you had so many governors pass just like you know on their own it didn't have to go through legislature these new election laws of like okay you can turn in the ballots up to like the day after the election they're still going to get counted or whatever now they are trying to make that forever these kind of laws forever because they see hey there's a way we can tilt this in our favor let's lock it down now that's our first priority it's quite literally hr1
3: and it has nothing to do with race it has nothing to do with franchising as we outlined in the segment before this It has nothing to do with getting more votes or less votes or having more access or having less access. It has everything to do with making sure Democrats win. That's it. That's their
0: game plan is like anytime they want something, they just say, you are racist if you do not agree with us. And the media is like, "Okay, we'll run with that.
3: Yeah. Well, we're going to fight back on this. We have one more little fun ditty to get into. Duncan, you were doing a little sleuthing around our California situation. Oh
1: yeah, it turns out Newsom's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there was a poll, smug. I think you you retweeted it today. What what were the numbers there?
0: Oh, let me pull those numbers up right now. It does. Uh, let me tell you, folks, it doesn't look good at all right now for uh, Rob uh, for, for Newsom for Gavin Newsom. Um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I highly recommend following Rob Pyers. That's at R Pyers. He always pulls in great news, great campaign finance info, great polls. Um, but here's what what they the poll he posted is uh regardless of the recall effort, would you vote to reelect Governor Newsom in 2022 or do you think it's time for someone new? Reelect Governor Newsom was at 41.7%, <laughs> time for someone new 58.3%. Yikes. Not looking good. Yikes. But he sure, certainly knows how to
3: spend uh, your taxpayer dollars, doesn't he? I mean, hey, you know, French Laundry is a nice
0: place. You know, <laughs> I, I might try to check that out next time I'm on the West Coast. But when you're telling everyone you're not allowed out that, you know, it's a pandemic. You you have to stay indoors. He's shut down so many businesses. He's, he's ruined so many lives. He's had so, so many people have lost their livelihoods, their businesses, in california and meanwhile he's partying at french laundry i think that's why uh, you know polling's got him underwater by like 20 points well, like-
1: california i mean <laughs> california is just the worst guys <laughs> I, I i you know if it wasn't just Newsome, um it'd be you know it'd be one thing but it, i there's this great story that fox put up about these local uh, school districts in california who are considering using COVID money that they just got in the 1.9 trillion dollar bill that the Democrats passed in Washington? They want to use it for teacher bonuses. Unbelievable! Teacher bonuses for for they're they're trying to use the COVID money for teacher bonuses.
3: Yeah, we they told were, you, we told you, <laughs> listeners of the Ruthless Variety Program the, News.
0: We, they were going to do this. Is they're like, oh, it's not safe. Even after you back, like here in that county in Virginia. They they vaccinated teachers and like no 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 they put teachers at the front of the line. They were there are teachers who were getting their COVID vaccine shots before seniors who have a far higher, you know, rate of serious serious injury or uh, you know uh, serious uh, effects of COVID. But teachers were put at the front of the line and they still didn't want to show up. This is this is this is the unions. They're cashing in their checks. I mean, it, and
1: the pretense the pretense for this money recall was that. Not only are schools not safe because of COVID, schools have never been safe. We need new filters, new air filters. There might be mold. Who knows? All of that has to be done. And that's why we need this money. And then a week later, they're like, you know what? I think we deserve bonuses.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't need to be a rainman man mathematician to figure this out, to be honest with you. When you send $67 billion to the education system on top of the, what they always get every year anyway, and then you don't have school. By the way, there are three and a half million teachers, three and a half million. So you get $67 billion, and then you don't have school. And then you add another $127 billion. I guarantee you school districts are looking around like, Jesus, how the hell do
0: we spend this thing? And they quite literally haven't been able to spend it fast enough. They weren't able to spend, they, they spent how much of the first $60 billion? Like not even yep, like $6 billion, I think unbelievable they can't even spend the money they've already been given they start handing out teacher bonuses and they're like we need more we need more money and and we're not going to do in person teaching
3: uh it's just this is the way that democrats govern right and and you saw today their next thing that they're going to look at is tax increases for everybody right this is how they this is this is the view of the world guys it is time to get very serious about what's happening here because this is out of
0: control well, on that happy note, <laughs> and I want to also clarify something Duncan said, California itself is not the worst. I love the state. It's government is the worst. Oh, it's an yeah. absolute shame what the people there have to go through because I mean, LA is in a rough spot, but I still love going there. There's great folks who are stuck in this situation and, and people are leaving that state. People are leaving California. You saw, you know, not just in tech, not just like Elon Musk, who's moving to Texas, but, uh, Regular folks are just saying the cost of living is out of control. Crime is out of control. We got will go. redeem.
1: I will redeem myself with one positive comment about California. Let's hear it. Uh, in San Francisco is one of my favorite bars in Haight-Ashbury. Uh, Tornado, uh, which has a great beer, uh, Pliny the Elder on Oh, on draft, that's a good one. Yeah, on draft beer. And an,
3: um, an added benefit is after you enjoy the beer, you can step outside and take a dump on the sidewalk. I <laughs> second
0: take a, take a look
1: at you. Oh, I knew that was coming. I knew he was he was winding up for something the whole time. The whole time I was saying that.
0: Well, you know what? I mean, we we covered a lot of ground on this episode. I really like. I I want to stress that Iowa two seat that Pelosi is trying to steal. Miller Meeks, not Meeks Mill, the rapper. Not Meek Mills, the rapper. This is Miller Meeks, a Republican who won the election, won the recount, won the certification of the election. Right now, Pelosi is trying to steal that seat. We should, I think we're going to try and get her on ASAP.
3: Yeah, for sure. We need to engage and we need everybody to engage on this and on HR1. its It's time to get serious about stuff.
0: Absolutely. So... Another great episode in the can, gentlemen. Well done, everybody. Until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.